Welcome to the Sports Bros Podcast, featuring the almighty B-Live, the money man, Scotty D, and your host, the head of creative, Eddie Cool. And without any further ado, here they are, the Sports Bros. Hey, what's going on, world? This be your boy, Eddie Cool, a.k.a. the HOC. And guess what? This is episode 50. Milestone 50. Some people don't even make the 50 episodes, but one year later, the Sports Bros podcast, stealing your earbuds, your, your Bluetooth speakers, your airwaves. Hey, to make a long story short, we are back like bad breath in the morning. Can't stop. Won't stop. Oh, my bad. I go by the name of Eddie Cool, a.k.a. the HOC here at the Sports Bros Podcast. And if you can tell, I'm excited. I am very, very highly, woo, Ric Flair type excited. But you know what? I got two more guys that may just be a little bit more excited than me. My co-host, like, you know, we are the six-man tag team champions, the trios, if you will, like they say in Mexico and AEW. To my left. I got the almighty B-Live. What's happening? What's going on in the world today? Can you feel the excitement right now? Episode 50. This is the longest running weekly episodic. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> WWE, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. And man, but I'm excited, man. Can you believe a year has passed since the since the Sports Bros podcast came into fruition. I cannot believe it. I am ecstatic. So happy to be with you guys. And man, we've got a lot to talk about. And then there's that other guy you're going to go ahead and introduce that we're so lucky to have. And the other guy, the trivial god himself, the one and only, the money man, Scotty D. Well, thank you for acknowledging that you are lucky to have me because, man, a year with you guys? Wow. Actually, I'm lucky to have you guys. This has been a, a blast doing this with you guys for the last year. And if you're a new listener out there, we just aim to keep on getting better and better. Um, I I would dare to say that our, our product today is better than a year ago. I think we've yes. gotten a little bit better, a little bit smoother. Um, BeLive has learned a lot from me. And that's wow. the way it's going to continue to go. We're going to keep on working hard to... <laughs> To give you guys some fu- uh, some fun, entertaining sports talk because that's what we are. We're just fans. We're not we're not pros, and we just uh, we set out to do this a year ago because we wanted to do it our way, and that's how it's going. So, congratulations, guys, on one year for the three of us together, and uh, let's get at it. Let's keep it going. And speaking of being on a roll, Scott Eddie, that is a perfect segue because speaking of rolling, 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 the L.A. Lakers rolling. It's been a good week of sports altogether, but the L.A. Lakers, the Los Angeles Lakers of the National Basketball Association, they're rolling pretty good, man. They're rolling pretty good. They beat the Bucks 113-103 to 103 on Friday, and then they turn around Sunday and beat the Clippers 112-103. The question that I pose, fellas, is can they keep this momentum going into the playoffs? Scotty D, since you're a Lakers fan, a resident Lakers fan, let's see what you got to say. Well, I believe it was two weeks ago when they played the Celtics on Sunday, and I said, man, I hope that that's the game that gets the, this team to start gelling and getting back together. 
Um, they since have made a move and picked up Markeith Morris. The, man, they looked pretty good to me this weekend. They were 0-3 coming into this weekend against the Clippers and the Bucks, and beat them both this weekend. So big, big step, uh, I think, as far as their confidence goes more than anything. There's no doubt there's talent on that team, no, no question. Um, mm. it, it's only one game, though, when it comes the, the Clippers, to me, still look awfully good. I mean, it's going to be a battle, I think. I really do believe it's going to come down to those two teams uh, in the in the West. Um, I'd love to see somebody else knock the Clippers out, <laughs> but as we were talking not too long ago, Kawhi Leonard probably still the best player in the league in all of the NBA. Kawhi's still the man, but um, I tell you, the, uh, I, I have to admit, I was not as I, I, I guess I didn't realize how good Anthony Davis is until I've been watching him this year. And he has been better than advertised. Yeah, man. Anthony Davis, man. AD is that dude. He's good, man. He's good. Better than advertised? What basketball? That See, that's that. I get it. I get it. Because, ladies and gentlemen, Scotty D is a big market watcher. He's like, again, he's a Lakers <laughs> fan. He's a Yankees fan. He's he's a um, Dallas Cowboys fan. All he knows is big markets. So he doesn't pay attention to some of the smaller markets like New Orleans that Anthony Davis came through and just he's been, Anthony Davis has been doing Anthony Davis things back when in Kentucky. Like dude has a wingspan like none other. His shot is well above average for guys of his size. I mean, he's one of the most versatile players in the game. I honestly think he's more versatile than Giannis, in my opinion. But I, the way that the the way that the story is set up, Anthony Davis has no chance of being the MVP because even though he's leading the team in points, leading the team and um in pretty much almost every category except for assists, I'm just mm. I'm just saying. No, he, he, well, he, he shouldn't be the MVP. Why? He should. Do you say because he should or shouldn't? He should not. LeBron is still the 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 motor of the team. He's still what's driving the whole team. But LeBron I, I, James I, 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 wouldn't be doing a single thing if Anthony Davis wasn't on that team. Well, Anthony Davis wouldn't he, wouldn't do it without LeBron because he's never won a playoff series, if I'm not mistaken. So that is, that is true. So there you go. That, and I guess that's why I was I had a little bit of reservations about why the Lakers were going all in on Anthony Davis last year. Whenever they were talking about the big trade package, I just I kept saying I think it's too many players to give up, too much to to go to a guy who's never advanced in the playoffs. But I tell you, his, his skill level to me, it, and I did watch him play before. Not honestly, obviously not as much as I've watched LeBron because LeBron's on TV all the time, but. I, I guess I didn't I didn't realize how well rounded his game was. I mean he he really is well rounded. He he shoots a three, which everybody in the league does that now. But he does have a mid range jumper. He can go to the hole. He blocks shot. I mean he's been really really good for the Lakers. And so that honestly I I just I guess I just didn't realize how good he is. But he's he's very very good and. The, the surrounding cast of the Lakers seems to be rounding into shape at this point. You know, Dwight Howard's playing good. He didn't even play hardly on Sunday because they were giving Markeith Morris minutes. So that adds to the depth of the team. And uh, what's my man's name? The the white dude with all the energy, Caruso. <laughs> I mean, he's been yeah, providing. The, the, 
the bald eagle, the yeah. white <laughs> Yeah, he's been uh, <laughs> he, he's been giving them that that surge of energy off the bench. I mean, there does actually appear at this point to be some chemistry, and that was going to be the whole issue that was worrying me going into the postseason. Having said that, the Clippers are are right there in front of them, so it, it's going to be. I tell you what, this weekend though, uh, getting that getting a game on the Clippers back. And uh, and getting a game closer on the on the Bucks, I think they're only two games behind them now. I mean, the Lakers have a chance to secure home home court throughout the playoffs if they if they keep on the the pace they've been going. So, hoping that shakes out the way that uh that that I'd like to see with the Lakers at home all the way through. Yeah, man, the Lakers, man, they look really good. They were firing on all cylinders, man, and um. That um that MVP that LeBron for MVP talks is starting to ramp up, man. I think uh I think he has a legitimate shot, man. Because at this point, it's between him, um, Westbrook and Giannis. I'm not even gonna mention James Harden, but it's kitty style of basketball. It's it's a, it's a two horse race. It is. It's two. it's it's, a, it's LeBron or Giannis. And I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why neither Westbrook nor Harden should be in a conversation at all a because Harden can't hit the broad side of a barn he I mean he has missed more shots than more people have taken this year a b I just love this because I think it's an even bigger story the fact that um, the Rockets shipped off Chris Paul um, to um, OKC and OKC mm. um, and the Rockets got Russell Westbrook and considered that was an upgrade and guess who's playing better basketball right now OKC is better than Houston right now balling Chris Paul is balling right. Chris Paul is balling I give him a lot of credit because that, that's a guy who I always thought was very overrated and he is you know he didn't want to go to OKC he didn't you know he didn't want to leave that situation he was in and man, he he's really stepped his game up. He just he took it like a man. You don't hear him whining and complaining or anything. He just went out there and started balling out. So good for Chris Paul. Every team, is that every team that Chris Paul has played for, they they're winners. Every every single one of them, Clippers, Rockets, even I'm like New like what was it New Orleans at the time? Yeah, the Hornets. The Hornets yeah, uh-huh. yeah, the Hornets at the time. And now with OKC, and nobody gave OKC a chance this year. But they're right nope. now. They're sitting at the five seed, and right now, as it stands, it'd be um, it'd be Utah versus OKC four versus five, and the Rockets would see the Nuggets, and the four five victor would go see the victor of the one eight matchup, the Lakers Grizzlies. Could you see uh, LeBron James versus Chris Paul matchup and uh, Western Conference semis? That could very much happen. So I mean, same Chris Paul that all them years ago they wouldn't even allow him to go to the Lakers. Yeah. <laughs> so he's been a journeyman of of epic proportion, and he just continues to win. So I thoroughly enjoy it. Yep. So looking at the playoff standings right now, we got the Bucks clinched, the Raptors clinched in the East, and over in the Western Conference, the L.A. Lakers are the only one in the Western Conference that has clinched. I told you that little eight battle was going to be nice between um, <laughs> the the Grizzlies and the Pelicans, and um, the Portland was there at one point. But I don't, I don't know what the hell happened with Portland this year. They just they just they just stunk the bed. It was just bad, 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 bad. I mean, we talking about this the same Portland team that knocked off um, 
Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City last year and waved him off the court. Now, um, Dame, from the looks of it, uh, Dame Lillard and them, they won't be waving at nothing. <laughs> Not a thing. Well, it's because guess what? Chemistry. They they, they yep. thought like, everybody was, oh, man, Carmelo's back. Carmelo's back. Yeah, right. I wasn't I wasn't hype on it at all. No. That's Dame Dollar's team and Carmelo is not he's not a role player. So what purpose does he serve? He had a few couple good games, but besides that, they're they're looking on the outside. They're looking from the outside in and I don't see mm. much chance of them really catching um Memphis right now. Memphis got um, they they they're here and there. Sacramento looks like they're on a little streak right now seven wins in the past 10 games but i don't know really it it's a, it's a two-horse show in the western conference it's a two-horse show in the eastern conference i still can't believe that toronto is second who would have, who thought toronto would actually be where they're at right now without Kawhi leonard that could hey you got to up uh nick nurse man that's some good coaching because they could have they could have thrown in the tower a long time ago, but yeah, second in the East. Second in the East, and then you got the Celtics and then the Heat at one point who were close, but, you know, ground has been established between, you know, two, three, and four. You got the Pacers sitting at five, the 76ers, oh my God, they're at six. The Nets at seven, yeah, the Nets at seven, <laughs> and the Orlando Magic at eight. So from the looks of it, seven and eight might be getting there with some losing records losing records but um yeah man this is the time of the year where basketball gets exciting that's the nba talk for right now and then after that we're gonna fly right into college basketball speaking of this being march this is the time of the year where conference tournament starts and a whole lot of upsets and everything going on it's, it's nuts it's gonna be wild action packed this weekend was an action packed weekend and we're gonna talk about the college basketball landscape right now um, as we have said earlier during the college basketball season, it ain't easy <laughs> being number one. Just ask Baylor because they're still sliding. They lost to West Virginia on Saturday, 76 to 64. San Diego State, uh, they, they, uh, Utah State tells them, hey, hold this L. Yeah, as they lose 59 to 56. But then you got Kansas doing what Kansas does. Uh, they beat Brick, uh, they beat Texas. 66-62, and Duke gets the season sweep against UNC in convincing fashion, 89-76. to Is that the right score? Yeah. It's yeah. close enough. Yes. You just had it switched up a little bit. But, yeah, 89-76, Duke with the victory. And, yeah, it's, it is madness. Love yep. it. I love it. Man, and – like it's one of those things in your mid-major conference and stuff like that. Some of their conference um, championships get lost in the the whole wash of things with the rivalry week. I can't, I can never say that correctly. Rivalry week. Week. They, Try saying five times fast. fast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I didn't even notice that San Diego State lost to Utah State, and that right there, ladies and gentlemen, is what you call a bubble burst. <laughs> Because San Diego State is still going to make it in. But Utah State, with the clinching of the Mountain West Conference, guess what? They punched their ticket. So you get at least two teams from the Mountain West that make it in. So 
Mm-hmm. Some of those teams that are on the bubble watch, one less position is available. And I'm going to throw in another little caveat because not only is the Baylor men sliding, but the oh man, Ooh. Baylor women lost um, this weekend as well. It is it was it is tough right now. Is it Waco, Texas that Baylor's at? Yeah, yeah, it's tough in Waco. It is You're right. Tough in Waco right now. Both teams are very talented and will go very far. So I mean, it's one of those things where but momentum is a big thing. So let's see what the Baylor men do in the um Big 12 um um, Big 12 tournament because as it even sits right now, even though Baylor lost to West Virginia, Baylor is still slated to be a number one seed in the tournament as well as Kansas. So the Big 12 might have two <laughs> number one seeds going into the tourney. And then I believe um, they, they said um, Dayton and Gonzaga would round out the um, number one seeds as bracketology, bracketology sits right now. Dayton has won 20 straight games. Obi Toppin in the game. The Flyers, they have won 20 straight games, and they sit at 29-2. and two. Scotty D, what you got, man? Well, last week I, I was telling you guys that the team I told you not to sleep on was Kentucky. <laughs> they they promptly yeah. went out and lost to Tennessee. Quickly, like right after, <laughs> right after the podcast. Right, right after we said that, they went out and lost to Tennessee, and then they were down <sighs> 18 to Florida. But guess what? They won that game. They came back and won that by a point. So I, I still am of the opinion that should Kentucky win their SEC tournament, that they would end up getting a one over Baylor, unless, unless Baylor wins wins their conference tournament as well. If, if Baylor doesn't win their conference tournament and Kentucky wins the SEC, I could easily see them sliding up to that one line. But, um, you know, the Duke-North Carolina game didn't really feel that special to me the other night. I, 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 I couldn't get into it that much because, I mean, Duke, I think, went into the game at ranked 12, and North Carolina is doo-doo, and B-Live still thinks they're going to win the ACC tournament yeah, this yeah, week. Uh, yes, I <laughs> And that would bust someone else's bubble because that would claim a fifth spot for the ACC, whereas they're currently looking at four. Uh a lot to be decided this week on Championship Week. That's what makes this week so interesting. A lot of times people sleep on Championship Week as being as being kind of uh, – as like a prelude to March Madness. Like March Madness is so fun. It's because we don't have brackets. But Championship Week is a lot of fun to watch, and there's a lot to decide who goes into the big dance. So I'm excited for this week as well as March Madness. Championship Week to me always is, is a lot of fun, especially when you see those – uh, Utah State, San Diego State type of games. You know, these teams get to punch their automatic ticket, uh, knock someone off. A lot of fun, man. I'm looking forward to this. It just it just seems like Kansas is – they're not slowing down at all. It just They're they're the obvious team to beat. I, I can't honestly say I know much about Gonzaga this year. And, and Baylor, three Saturdays in a row, they go down. So that was the team that was looking to be the, the big dog going in, and they are reeling. But I'm still sticking to my 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 guns. I still think Kentucky's going to be the team to watch. All right, so B Live, UNC, Scotty D. No, 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 I'm just saying. I'm just saying that UNC is going to shock the world and make it into the tournament. Doesn't this not mean that they're going to actually do something in the tournament? But I just, it's just something about how much craziness would it be? And I also want to give a quite um a quick shout out to 
the Seminoles of Florida State. They are the ACC regular season champs. So they um they get the number one seed in the tournament. And part of my bucket list, I'm still upset the fact that they moved the ACC tournament from Greensboro all the way up to freaking New York. Why? Where it belongs. What? Oh, oh no. What? Oh no. Oh get no. that blasphemy off of this podcast where it belongs. Somebody help me out. Why is it in New York? Did I miss? Oh, Syracuse is that the reason they, why? Or am I they, they moved the tournament to appeal to some of the basketball um, um rich areas in the north, which it, which it makes no. I mean, it makes absolutely no sense to me. Right it's where the, it belongs. It's the Atlantic Coast Conference. Guess who doesn't have that much Atlantic Coast to cover? New York. Are you kidding yeah. me? And and and, 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 Maine, and Maine, Maine, Maine would be more Atlantic Coast than New York I, if we talk about it. And the, if we and want to talk about it, Scotty D and he's from Pennsylvania that has no Atlantic coastline. So get the mess up. I don't. I don't what? Lake Erie what? coastline. That's what they have. <laughs> Finally, the ACC tournament has come back to where it belongs in New York. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I, I agree with you, B Live. I just wanted to hear you throw fit. That's all. And, yeah, and you yeah, just, well, you <laughs> mission accomplished. Yeah. Now I'm not even going to lie to you. Not necessarily. I really didn't understand why it was in Greensboro either. I guess this the central area location. Close proximity to Wake Forest, Duke, North Carolina, Clemson, Georgia Tech. Because that's yeah. all, Clemson, Georgia Tech. That's eighty-five, right? At, uh, right to Greensboro. So I get that per se, but I mean, eh. it was tradition to it, have it. It, it, was tra- it, it was tradition to have it there. That was where the ACC headquarters was at. And then right, right when I was getting into my full adulthood and I was making halfway decent money that I could think about, oh, you know what? One year I'm going to take off. I'm going to go to the ACC tournament. I'm going to take in five days of just just basketball, just madness and craziness through and through, and then they move it. You bastards. Yeah. Because <laughs> wasn't a Big East tournament in like Madison Square Garden? For years York? and years it was. Yeah. And then you know that league kind of fell apart. And well, speaking of the Big East, uh, is it UConn going back to the Big I East? I couldn't tell you not not a thing about UConn. UConn don't even know what UConn are they even eligible to make the postseason with all that crazy mess they had going on back a couple years ago. I have no, I have no idea. I, I remember reading something about the women's going back to um, going back to the Big East after they destroyed everybody in the American Athletic Conference, undefeated in the damn conference. Okay, we gone, we gone. You shouldn't have left in the first place. The Big That's East ain't even what the Big East used to be. Like I don't, couldn't even tell you who's in the Big East now outside of what Xavier, Georgetown, and Seton Hall. Yeah. The, Marcus, Villanova, Villanova, St. John's, Villanova. But the Big East used to be like that was, and I mean, it's still they still got some very storied um, programs with it, but it was just so much moving mm. and shaking between like the likes of your Miami, Virginia Tech, 
Pittsburgh, Boston College, and then you talk about UConn, Syracuse. Well, yeah, maybe um, ACC had a lot to do with that. Sorry about that. All right, moving on just a little bit. <laughs> just well, a little I mean, bit. West Virginia used to be in the Big East. Now they're in the Big 12. They, they, yeah. they there's, a big, there's a big shakeup. I, and, I, and I was never a, a fan of that because – I, as a Pitt fan, I loved the rivalries with Georgetown, Syracuse, UConn, uh, West Virginia. I loved all that stuff, but it was this whole thing was all result from football. It was a football move, yeah, because the football is where the money is, and uh, that's a shame because that was a great basketball conference for a lot of years. But oh, it was. Anyway, times are changing, boys. Times are changing. Yep, times are changing. Matter of fact, this whole time change got my body in all kinds of us. All, <laughs> all of us. Uh, I think we got all of us jacked up. Scotty D want to watch fights, but he losing an hour of sleep. They're working the breaks off of B Live, and I'm just over here like, man, what? Ain't it nine o'clock? What the hell? Why is it ten thirty already? But anyways, in the words of the Almighty B Live, we digress, but we are looking forward to the college basketball, the big tournament, March Madness, and pretty soon we're gonna start signing up. For the Sports Bros Bracket Challenge. That's right. We're going to do this for the second year in a row. And guess what? I'm going to have my brackets in on time. No mm-hmm. excuse. Please. No BS. I got laughed at last year, but I ain't going to. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> we, got le- we got less than a week just to let you know because Selection Sunday is six days away. So, um, five days when this um, podcast breaks because Selection Sunday is literally this coming Sunday, and then Tuesday is the play-in games. So, like, yep. we've got um, we've got a week in two days to fill them. Yep. We, we can do that. We can do that. And uh, if any of you are interested, we'll have a post on the Facebook like page. Let us know, and let's have some fun. All right? Let's have us some fun. All right, speaking of fun, this will be the time of the show we talk about the XFL, but is too much going on. Uh, the Houston Roughnecks, they're still undefeated. Uh, the Guardians beat the Renegades. The Battlehawks lose to the Defenders. And the Wildcats, uh, they finally win one against the Vipers. We're moving past that because we want to talk about what happened in UFC 248. An executive decision had to be made before the produ- uh, during the pro- post-meeting, pre-meeting of this show, now, you know what? Let's go and slide this in. The XFL, we'll see you next week. We all know what's going on. We know what's happening. Quarter black play stakes. Uh, and I'm picking the Roughnecks to win it all. So let's go ahead and talk about UFC 248, headlined by the Israel Adesanya and Yoel Romero middleweight championship. No, it wasn't. Bout. No, it Felt. wasn't. It wasn't headlined by that fight. Wasn't it? No, it, it wasn't, wasn't. Because after that fight, that, that, I, that was not a headliner. That was a snooze fest. They should be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> I get it. I get Terrible. it. It was yeah. I'm saying it, you respect towards each other's game plan. You don't want to get caught slipping. You don't want to lose in such fashion when you get knocked out because you. Res- I mean, you know what the other guy is capable of. But you, when the referee has to pull you two guys aside and say, hey, guys, the judges don't know how to score the fight because you've done nothing, that's not a headliner. Dana White, I'm pretty sure, had an in-depth conversation with both fighters after that fight because the entire world was like, um, do something. Or as um, the uh, money man would like to say, 
do better. So, yeah. And the thing about that fight is, I didn't hear a whole lot of noise. It was none. None. Like, I woke up Sunday morning. I, I caught the line, okay, the last style been the wins. All right, cool, cool. But the fight that made the most noise <laughs> was yeah, don't. Wele Zhang and Joanna Dredge. Okay. I know I butchered the name, but we're going to roll with that. It's going to be Dredge Chick today, tomorrow. Jujay Jack is pretty much the way you're supposed to say it, but it, I've heard it pronounced a thousand different ways. But Exactly. So we need her to confirm this is how Joanna you pronounce Jujajak. the name. Yeah, Joanna Jujajak. But the dead of that. So, yes. Um, and from the looks of that fight, uh, be live memes twice again. <laughs> I tried. I really did. I when I saw when I saw because it, it was on Sports Center after the fight was over, and I saw the post interview. I was like, "Oh my god, that is that that's yeah. Quasimodo." I, that's the first thing yeah. I thought about. I said, "You know what? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna leave this alone because I felt like it was gonna be slightly disrespectful because she got she got beat up and suffered some injuries and." I was like, all right, I'm gonna leave this alone. I'm gonna leave this alone. I'm gonna leave it alone. I ain't gonna do it. Somebody's somebody's gonna do mm-hmm. it. Somebody's savage enough in the internet world is going to do this. And I woke up the next morning and I didn't see it. I said, well, screw it. I I I, I can't just <laughs> let this go. I the, the savage inside of me just could. I, I'm going. I'm going to be the internet, and the internet is undefeated. I'm going to be undefeated today. So I don't know. Is it, I had to. Put, I had to do it. I hope. I hope a speedy recovery to her. I don't wish injuries on anybody. But geez, I just waylay put them things on her. Um, I want to just give you a quick little recap. Waylay landed one hundred and sixty-five significant strikes. Wow, one hundred sixty-five-five round. That's an average of. 30, let me see, let me do some quick math. 33 significant strikes around. Wow. Yeah. A five-round fight. Wow. Joanna, on the other hand, 186 significant strikes. So she outstruck Waylay. Like, and if I if I saw this correctly beforehand, Waylay going into this fight. The la- I guess the last five fights, uh, her opponents landed 76 significant strikes in five matches. Joanna almost tripled that in one match. So they were throwing them things in the match. So they yeah, I mean, that, that fight that fight stole the show. That absolutely stole the show the other night. While it was going on. Uh, Rogan and and DC Daniel Cormier was was doing the fight with him. They, they they were actually saying while it was going on, this is a Hall of Fame fight. This one's automatically considered one of the best fights ever, and it really was. Um, Joanna, that that hematoma you saw that actually Joe Rogan said she had a Frankenstein head. Uh, she <laughs> saying that I believe in the third round, and it and and it was a it was about the size of a tennis ball. And just ended up just spreading over the over her forehead, and she had no quit in her. With under ten seconds left in the fight, she threw a spinning back fist and cut Zhang Weili 
right at the end of the fight. I mean, they fought this thing to the very end. Uh, when when Rogan went to interview Zhang Weili, she was in tears because it was such a hard-fought battle. That, and you could just tell that she was relieved to have won that fight. Uh, I, I say run it back. Once these girls heal up, I mean, that's that's got, we got to have a rematch with that. Because if you would have told me that Joanna Ujajek won that fight, I wouldn't have been able to disagree with you. That was seriously one of the few fights I I really didn't have much of an opinion on because it was so brutal. I, I, I personally thought it was four to four, or I'm sorry, the four rounds were split. It was two to two going into the final round and that Zhang Weili correctly won that final round. That That's how I would I, I saw it. But there was so much action to decipher that, you know, you you could you could say, all right, I understand why a judge would have gone the other way with it. That was just a a, a complete standing ovation fight from everybody. I mean, that one that's a tip of the cap to those women for going at it. They really both went after it. They just they held nothing back. They had nothing left to give. On the other hand, that takes us to the main event. Now you're amped up after that fight, and you're thinking, all right, we're you know we we got another good one coming. And it was just a stylistic nightmare. I mean, these guys didn't match up. Ugh. First of all, Yoel Romero should probably not have been in that fight. The, the, the fact of the matter is he lost his last two fights, and, and both of them could have gone either way. And one of them was to Paulo Costa, who was injured and couldn't, couldn't fight. That He rightfully should have been the next opponent for Israel Adesanya. However, Adesanya called this guy out. He wanted this fight. Romero is considered, uh, he's like Deontay Wilder. He has that thunder in his hands that can end you at any time. He said for his legacy to be completed, he had to take this guy on. But then he didn't really do much. I mean, neither guy did anything. At one point in the first round, both guys were standing flat-footed looking at each other, waiting for the other to make the first move. It was It's a stylistic nightmare because both these guys wanted to be counter-punchers. And you know, neither one wanted to press the action. When Romero did press Adesanya, he he, he kind of ran out of there. And and why not? Why would you stand there and trade with him with a guy who that's going to be his strength against you? It was it was it was just I think a bad matchup for the Styles, and it was a fight that Dana White later said that he agreed to do against the other matchmakers better judgment just because he thought this would be such a great fight to have Adesanya against Romero and and Adesanya you know for a guy who really wanted that fight he didn't take the fight to Romero at all and Romero had a championship opportunity and didn't seize it so I I that's a fight I hope we never see again I I can't see anyone ever wanting to see that fight again and i don't think romero will ever get another championship opportunity after that 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 was his that was his shot it was there for the taking um but israel adesanya did what he had to do he stayed away from the big shots he he picked him apart with with leg kicks kicks to the body you could see as the fight was going on he started throwing more kicks to the midsection and just trying to slow romero down and i i honestly think that he deserved to win that fight even though that fight was just it, it wasn't good. It cost me an hour of sleep. <laughs> I mean, that's how it is, man. Hey, when you got two dancing partners and they can't go in there and dance, and it's just like you know, you can watch a fight. You can be like, all right, this is off. This doesn't feel right. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't. Like you said, it was a, it was a nightmare. It was a mismatch. It was a mismatch, and so it's kind of like, all right, 
when's this go? It goes from all right to when the hell is this going yeah. to end? Like what the hell's going it was, on? We we literally yeah. were sitting there waiting five minutes, five rounds for somebody to do something, and right hit him, do something. Yeah, Scott, you said that the first round um, strikes was four to three. Four to three in favor of Romero. That was that was the official. Uh, you know, it's like CompuBox and boxing, but however they they officially added up, and and that bothered me a lot about Adesanya because I kept thinking if he wants to win this round, all he has to do is, is throw out a series of leg kicks, first him inside leg kicks, and just outpoint him, you know, and squeak out this first round. And he, and he didn't do that either. It, it was a sad first round. And the fans, it only took the fans a minute before they started booing him. Yep. It was, it was, it was, you know, just no action at all. Everybody was frustrated, particularly because the women had just put on such an incredible show in that strawweight championship right before that. But uh, I, it, it was a smart fight by Adesanya. He'll move on from this and, and, He'll put on some good shows. He'll put on exciting fights, but that was that was probably the last ditch effort for Romero, who I believe is forty two years old. It just it was just it's two counter punchers that were waiting for the other guy to make a mistake, and neither guy made any mistakes, and it just it dragged on. It was just a dud for fans to watch. Grab your partner, Dosi Doe. I'm gonna kick you, and I'm gonna date. I'm gonna go the yeah, other way, <laughs> man. I'm, and like, I'm a big fan of the last style bender. Like, he is very entertaining in his fights. Just not so much. Mm, yeah, not a, not a good fight. So, uh, fellas, uh, Wele and Johanna once again. We should we should we see that one? More? Should we see uh number two? Should a main event be an upcoming UFC card? In absolutely, the absolutely, without question. Okay, okay, all right. Yeah, that's that's that your headline back, card, man. man. Um, yeah, the lady, la- the ladies really representing re- representing this weekend during um International Women's Day. Uh, Zhang representing Poland. I'm sorry, Zhang representing China and Johanna Jizic. It's a Polish last name. If I butchered, I'm sorry. Representing Poland. So, uh, yeah, great showing by the women, man. I heard nothing but good about this fight. So, um. That's it. Sports Bowls over here. Uh, wrapping up this UFC 248 showdown with the real main event with the ladies winning. And now, our favorite part of the show, the choices of the voices. Thank you once again to the wonderful and lovely Miss Button for the introduction to this week's Choices of the Voices segment of the show. You heard the woman. We love this version of the Choices of the Voices. We love it. This is our favorite section of the show. She ain't lying. She's telling the T-R-O-O-F, a.k.a. the truth. And with that, <laughs> and with that being said, Scotty D, what was the, the question? The question for the week that I posed to our listeners was, what athlete did you see at some point in your life that you felt was an underachiever, that never panned out the way that you thought they would? And it's not always fair just to say that they didn't pan out because they were lazy or didn't just didn't put in the work. Um, some had some injury issues through the years. Some athletes are just given too much credit too soon. That was what I pointed out last week that a guy like uh, Freddie Adu, the young soccer player, or Michelle Wee, they were just, they were touted too with too much too soon. And so that was kind of the way I was asking is to sort out what you thought, not only from that perspective, but who did you think? that you saw and you said that person's going to be awesome. And then they just never really panned out. And so Eddie, cool. How did we, uh, how did our answers come in? 
we got we got quite a few. We got quite a few of them. Some are interesting, you know. Some, you know, there's a general consensus on a few of them. But as in typical sports bros podcast uh, tradition, we gonna keep on rolling. All right, we got our day one. Uncle Max, <laughs> he picked the whole league. He said the XFL, most boring brand of football I've ever seen. A good college team would wreak havoc in this league. I actually watched a play where the running back stopped <laughs> in the backfield and then ran towards the sideline and still gained five yards. My point, the players are slow. And Vanderbilt, yes, though they yeah, are that Vanderbilt, the Commodores, would stand a chance of winning this league. All right, before before we continue real quick, let's just let's 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 start right there. Um Uncle Max, um, your your um your voice is greatly appreciated by us here at the Sports Bros Podcast. What I need you not to do, please don't ever, ever give the money man Scott Donnelly this much ammo because he bought he over he few he is salivating. Right now, just to, <laughs> I can hear it over the damn phone. I can hear it over the phone. <laughs> he wants to, this guy, you know, like a bull mastiff over there. Go ahead, Scott. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's just kind of going along with my point of how terrible I think the XFL <laughs> is, but I don't know that those guys are underachieving. I mean, they. I mean, you think of an underachievers guy you expect a lot from. I don't expect anything from the XFL. Here we go. <laughs> he kept the bar low. Unless he kept yeah. it honest. I ain't going to lie to you. Well, here's, and I guess I can agree on that sentiment. I can, um, Scott, I will agree with you on that. So, like, But that's the thing that I enjoy about the XFL is that we don't have those expectations that these players are going to be as great in the NFL. But here's here's another caveat, another point to that. What product you think is more exciting, NFL or college football? I think the I think the NFL is more exciting. I love NFL football. You're a crazy person. You've lost your ever loving mind for you to well, sit here. But you know every week every week there there's a a threat to lose in the NFL, but I mean, Clemson didn't play a meaningful game this year until November. There was they had no competition. So oh why, boy. why is it got to be? So first of all, not only are you not going to sit here and disrespect my team, and all I'm not disrespecting. I'm giving them respect because they're so good that there's nobody that could possibly challenge them for the first nine or ten weeks of the season. It was you, that's not exciting. I don't find I didn't find any Clemson games exciting this year. I barely watched them because they were beaten. They were blowing the doors off of everybody. I, I I can understand that, but it's one of those things. The reason why Clemson has to blow teams out of the water is because if you don't, guess what? You slide down the poles just like Clemson did all year, and you gotta be sitting here like, okay, not okay. So then the top four teams that made the playoffs last year, they had about a combined probably four good games during the during the regular season. That's not exciting. That uh, now the playoffs. Very exciting. National championship, very exciting. But uh, overall, don't. I think week in and week out, the NFL has more games that are exciting and meaningful. Well, I don't like the fact that with NFL, like they're already spreading rumors that the Carolina Panthers are going to tank the 2020 season to get Trevor Lawrence. I don't like that at all. Yes, I will. Uh, 
I, I like yeah, I, saw yes, that I would like to see Trevor Lawrence at Carolina, but we still have a great quarterback. Hopefully, like I said, I want him to be healthy. But the reason the reason why I say um we were having this conversation about Uncle Max, everything about the XFL, is that those ex I asked that question because if you have the lowered expectations, like you you're not going into it and comparing it to the NFL. Then I think you have a very exciting league, a very interesting league. Yes, it's going to be a little bit tough to get behind it because you don't really know the players that are playing. You, so it's one of those things like True. we we all have a vested interest. Like right now, Scotty, do you have a vested interest in Dak Prescott? You might not like him, but he is the leader of your franchise, and he's turning down a hundred and five million dollars guaranteed, which is just mind-boggling right now. What exactly is he? What is he trying to prove? And but you have a vested interest because you know the backstories behind him. When it comes to my New York Guardians, I don't even know who our backup <laughs> backup quarterback is, let alone the lead quarterback that got benched, Matt McGloin. I don't know a single thing about him. But it, but yeah, Matt McGloin's. I'm trying my best each weekend and we got to learn a little bit more so I can be more and more invested into the team. And that that's the growing pain right now. But I think the way that they're going is that that will, that that will be a building block going into the future. Once you start implementing more players that you've actually seen as opposed to the ones that got picked up from the scrub team that hasn't played football any meaningful, meaningful football in the past five years. So that's where I, on, like I get Uncle Max's point. You want to see the high flying. You want to see the fast. You want you want to see top notch athleticism that you don't get in the XFL. Because guess what? These guys just don't have it. If they had it, they'd be in the NFL. But if you lower if you lower your expectations, yep. I promise you, you will enjoy <laughs> this league. <laughs> All right, I will try to lower my expectations and want to watch mediocre football going forward. And you continue to watch your big market New York team. All right, Eddie, cool, get us back on track on pop here, would you? Move right along. We got Martin Tracy, who said every fastest forty combine player ever drafted by the Raiders. And see, this was going to be the segue into hashtag All Rose Lead to Dabo. Martin Trace, you're not gonna sit here and talk about my my former dude Jacoby Ford, like he just because he was super fast and really didn't pan out in the NFL. I get that, but yeah, that was gonna be my segue into it. But Scott came too early with it, but that's all right. At some point in time in this podcast, fifty episodes all strong. All roads, all roads lead to Dabo. Yes, sir. And he hold a stop sign. <laughs> Come down the road. Pew, pew. <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh, we got a brother to the show, Jr. He says Greg Oden and Jamarcus. All right, now Russell. here we have a classic case of one perfect answer and one answer that I'm going to kind of disagree with. Greg Oden looked the part, man, in college. He looked like he was going to be the next big thing in the NBA. And he just kind of never could get it mm-hmm. get it going because of injuries. His one year at Ohio State, I think he missed half the season with a wrist injury, if I'm not mistaken, and um, played in the national championship game or in the Final Four. I can't remember how how he how he finished out his college career, but you know, 
I think it was the final four. He was um he 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 strong. Yeah, he I, a few think, good games I think together. he played against Georgetown. I want to say in the final four and got into early foul trouble and 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 didn't move on. But um, I'd have to look that up. But anyway, um, Greg Oden was the guy that looked like he was going to be the next big thing. And if I'm not mistaken, Kevin Durant got drafted right behind him. So there's a guy that you could say never really quite lived up to his potential. He underachieved. He did get uh, a little bit of role play later in his career, I think with the heat and, you know, bounced around a little bit. Um, Jamarcus Russell, I just think he was never that good. I think he was a, a good college player, but I don't think he had the skills to be a, a top NFL quarterback or, or an NFL quarterback, period. I mean, I think he'd have a hard time making mm. an XFL roster, to be honest with you, at this point. That's not a far reach. Yeah. That's not a yeah. far reach at all. Yeah, he, oh, he, he has that kind of talent, that, that that lowering the bar talent of a of an XFL quarterback. But uh, I – and and he was another one that self destructed off the field. I mean, he was uh, when he drinking the purple drink or something like that. He he was the lean, yeah, the codeine that a, makes you move. Some slow. Substance abuse issues and his work ethic was poor. So I I, I can understand that answer. I, I guess that's a pretty good answer. I just don't think that his skill level is ever that good. Um, but we we just really never got to see it. I got I got a okay. Let, um, help me out with this, fellas. Underachiever. As opposed to overrated, are those one and the same, or is there a distinct difference between the two? I, I think they're pretty much the same. Uh, uh, yeah, well, I mean, you know, because you know, Jamarcus Russell. Hey, you know that number one draft pick. You that you got the hype machine behind, you got the hype beast behind. You, so that's a little like okay. And then I remember the first when he was at LSU, I was like, okay, he's well, right, he make a little bit of noise, and then. I don't remember the quarterback class of that year. Um, it must have been very like Lester because he wound up being number one. But after looking like a first few games in the NFL, and I was like, what the hell did the Raiders just do? <laughs> well, what the hell is going on? I just, I was like, somebody like, oh, Jamarcus Russell. And I was kind of like Scotty D. I mean, he throwing a ball. <laughs> That's about all I can get out of it. I think, it, I think what it was, he could throw the ball very, very far. He, he had a cannon. Yeah, he had a cannon. I think that was the, you know, the selling point. That was the, you know, that's what made that was. And he was know, big and strong. He was huge. Game, so, <laughs> yeah, he was big and strong because that at the time, you know, big, big, big. Oh, oh my the, God, I'm know, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. The, I'm laughing because I've looked up the, I, I looked up the draft class. That, that Jamarcus Russell's the 2007 draft where he went number one. The next quarterback that got drafted was all the way down to number 22, which shows you how thin it was. And that was Brady, Brady, Brady who was Quinn. That? Yep. And then, oh, oh, God, that was awesome. <laughs> Did you have to that go, was a horrible uh, year. He, that's why I kept laughing because wow, the third quarterback that got picked was all the way in the second round of pick thirty six, Kevin Cobb. <laughs> oh, Corn Cobb <laughs> for the Eagles. JR's Eagles. Yeah, oh, Kevin. Corn pick Cobb. forty <laughs> was John Beck from Brigham Young, BYU. And then you had Drew Stanton yeah. at the 43rd pick from Michigan State. Wow. 
But who was the number two pick overall? Megatron. Uh huh. So the Raiders. The Raiders uh, really sealed their wow. <laughs> they could have had him, and then yeah, we sat on another year to get a quarterback or trying to get no, a veteran. No, to, I'm gonna throw. Him. No, watch this. I'm gonna throw some names out for you. Let me, let me, because this is this is too funny to me. Because there was a couple other people that picked Jamarcus Russell. A lot of people think that. Yeah, um, underachiever. Let me just list some names of people that got drafted that year. You go like, holy crap! Megatron number two, Joe Thomas number three, mm. Gaines Adams, my boy. I mean, he had um, unfortunately, um, God rest his soul and everything. Yeah, Laron Landry, uh, pick number six, Adrian Peterson at pick seven. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Way to go oh, back in boy. time, Raiders. <laughs> no. Oh. I mean, Jamal Anderson, defensive end from Arkansas, was number eight. Yeah. Ted Ginn Jr. Right. was number nine. Yeah. Amobi Okoye was number 10. But this is where it gets real. <laughs> number 11, Patrick Willis. <laughs> to the 49ers. Jeez. Yeah. And number 12, the mm. best one out of the, I think, the best one out of this. Beast Mode, Skittles, Marshawn Lynch at number 12. Number 14, Revis Island. <laughs> wow. <laughs> right. Wow. Wow. Golly. This, yeah, so, there you go, Jamarcus Russell. Mar- hey, 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 what a, what a, what a, Sure did, yeah. With a, with a haircut like Mark Davis, man. This, and this, 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 and this, this, man, I'm looking this, at this, the, this, this, um, my Carolina boys. Yeah, John Beeson at 25, Greg Olson at 31 mm-hmm. that year. Man, and like I said you had Ted Ginn. I was like, oh my goodness, we got some has we had some players out of that um traffic that we ended up um acquiring or like I said we drafted John Beeson. But yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, Jamarcus mm-hmm. Russell. Yeah, out, out of out of all that talent, yeah, we gonna get to Marcus Russell. Yeah, okay. <laughs> all right, moving right along. Uh, Jeffrey Oliver, he also said Jamarcus Russell and Ryan Leaf. You guys remember that big hype where who was gonna go first, Manning or Leaf? Leaf or Manning? Who was? It yeah, I I, I I think this is actually kind of where we would distinguish between. Uh, underachieving and overrated because Ryan Leaf was obviously mm. overrated. Uh, and I think he also did underachieve because he was another guy that self-destructed, but um, he, he was a guy that looked the part and just probably didn't have the talent. So underachiever and overrated. Yep. yep he, he definitely, he definitely, he definitely underachieved, man. Uh, it's um sad. Saying have all that hype and either you crack under the pressure or you never live up to the standards. You know, you never live up to your expectations. All right. And that's uh it's a short list, believe it or not. I thought it would have been more, but shout out to Day One, Uncle Max, Martin Tracy, JR, and Jeffrey Oliver for giving us their answers in this week's edition of Choices of the Voices. Scotty D. Well, uh, I actually kind of went away from everything the other traditional picks that we talked about and um, I went with baseball, and I went with Kerry Wood. 
Because in, in uh, 1998, oh. he was the National League Rookie of the Year. He had a game where he struck out 20 batters against the Houston Astros one game. The man, Kerry Wood, at that point in his career, in those early years, he looked like, uh, to me, he looked like Roger Clemens. Like he was going to be the next fireballing ace, and he had the, a Hall of Fame arm. And, uh, you know, they were in the postseason in 2003, but – by that time, he had already begun his his injured, you know, his uh, pattern of injuries. Um, it was during 1999 he had an arm injury. He had to go through Tommy John. Tommy John, you know, in in that day, I mean, it doesn't seem that long ago, but um, Tommy John surgery has come a long way since then. I, from what it appears to me, that you know, it's easier to recover from. But um, he 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 never got back. To, to what he looked like he was going to be as a rookie. Um, he had uh, more injuries in the 2004, 2005 seasons. It, it was just a constant battle with him and injuries. Uh, he, he transitioned to the bullpen late in his career, played with the Yankees for a year, um, and finished back up with the Cubs. But uh, his career record was 86 and 75. Um, not terrible. He was never – he, he never was a terrible – a player you know he ended up being a closer the last couple of years in his career but he just never was the guy that that you thought you thought you were seeing a surefire hall of famer in his rookie year and uh, just didn't pan out he 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 underachieved and not really his fault but he did underachieve and that's my pick yep he really uh he really didn't achieve man because i was like hey man carry what's guy's pretty good and then you know it, it just it just ended yeah, it didn't. It just like all right. Here's here it is. His here's career the earned run average that's is three point six seven, and that's not terrible. But uh, you just you mm-hmm. just expected more. That 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 to me is, I guess, how I I look at. It. I I I was expecting a, a more of a uh, more of a Verlander kind of career whenever I saw Kerry Wood. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. I'd be like, who you got? I'm gonna sneak in one real quick, just um, piggybacking, but I actually have a real answer. Um, Clayton Kershaw. All right, cool. Um, <laughs> sh- I'm just saying, postseason <laughs> underachiever. <laughs> right, Jesus. Yeah. Oh my. Oh, I mean, I mean, I mean, well, from what we know about you, no, I mean... no, 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 no. He been doing that. But anyway, yeah, he underachieves every year. He didn't play. He didn't play Houston <laughs> oh, yeah, every year. Right. He been he been doing it for a minute now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you you remember when we got to California be live and I was like, oh boy, here we go. We got Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> <laughs> He's a bomb. <laughs> Golly. But now my answer is going to be it because I know as you said a person that you've seen and everything. And I didn't necessarily see this guy, but just with my roots, my family roots from Maryland. And just growing up college basketball and just the stories behind it, just it was a tragedy in the same note as well. The big, I think the biggest underachiever is Lynn Bias. Like, just such a, like, literally. Because he died. Well, of course. (laughs) And he laughs. Yeah, but now, the reason why I say, the reason why I say that, listeners, Pardon his insensitivity. <laughs> Gee. Yeah, we, we apologize. But the reason why I say that is that for <sighs> I mean, you're talking about a guy 
that literally after Michael Jordan gets drafted, got drafted number three, mind you, he takes on the mantle and wins back-to-back ACC Player of the Year. He is on the ultimate hype train. Like, this guy is nearly unstoppable at the University of Maryland. Some um, some analysts say that his skill set was better than Michael Jordan's, and he gets drafted number two um, by the Boston Celtics and goes out to celebrate, and two days later, overdoses from cocaine. We will never, ever uh-uh. know. And just... Can you imagine if he'd have can't if he'd have played? Live? Yeah. Wow. Can yeah, you... if he'd have lived, he may Ugh. have he may have achieved. Boy, you tell me that I'm insensitive. I, I I felt bad putting Kerry Wood on the underachiever list because he was hurt. And you pick a guy that dead. <laughs> I don't we're think get, I'm into this get, as you are. We're gonna get take. We're, we're gonna get taken off the air. We're gonna get taken off the air. Episode fifty. I'm gonna get a. I'm gonna get a, a letter. Cease, a cease I'm gonna get a letter. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Thanks for your one. We want to congratulate you on your first and <laughs> anniversary of the podcast. What? Yeah, we just uh, getting started. Yeah, right. you you right. So- he definitely underachieved. Ain't no question about that. <laughs> he achieved nothing yes. in the NBA. That's very underachieving. Wow, thank Scotty. Oh man, thanks for making me feel this small and nobody can see my gesture right now because it's just radio but yeah wow okay i'm oh, hand over face right oh, now but that was that that's the air i came up with eddie cool you take it all right i got nothing jeez <laughs> well we're gonna talk about a guy that's alive um that's what we're about to do right now <laughs> uh alive but his football career Maybe dead. Um, DOA or DO now. Anyways, he ain't playing football no more. What would have been the football career of one Trenton, let me get this right, of a one Trenton Jamond Richardson, aka Trent Richardson. All right. I like that. Yeah. Text. I like that call. Is that? Yeah. Yes, yes, and Trent Richardson is one of the like, what in the hell happened? He's one of those, you know, along the lines of the TJ Yeldons, and there was another guy too. But I think he went to uh, Glenn Coffey, but I think he retired. Another one of those long story lines of great running backs, um, other than Sean Alexander, who tore the league up and left with quickness. Um, Trent Richardson was one of those Alabama running backs that we, you know, we saw he had the talent. He was 5'9", 230. I mean, he had that innate ability to run the football in between the tackles and catch out the backfield. Hey, the kid was pretty good. Matter of fact, I had him on my fantasy football team his rookie year, and he tore it up for me. He literally tore it up for me, and I had him as a all-time flex. He had 950 yards. Um... And 11 touchdowns, and then he had 51 receptions for 367 yards. Oh, yeah. That's a pretty solid rookie campaign, if I was that, – that's real solid. And then the other shoe fell. Um, the following year, 
he got he only played two games. Uh, only got 105 yards total. Uh, the following year he came back, he had 458 yards, and then his second, and then after that, he wanted to get traded uh, after the in the middle of the 2013 season. He got traded to the Colts, and the second year with the Colts was his per se second best year in the league. Um, 519 yards, three touchdowns. Never had a thousand. Um, played a couple. Never had a thousand. Um, his NFL career stats are 2,000 yards, 17 total touchdowns. He played in two pre or uh, postseason games for the Colts. And after that, it was like, ah, oh, well, nah. Then he got in some trouble. He wound up going to Canada, um, had a lackluster career too, because if you watch Canadian football like I do, you forget you forget these guys that do run the ball. Um, you know, 259 yards, two touchdowns, but he averaged 5.4 yards a clip. And then um his most productive year, if you want to say, he played for the Birmingham Iron in the now defunct um American Alliance football, the the other one, that one that didn't last no more than five minutes. Um, where he had 366 yards, but he had 11 touchdowns. But he was he was considered one of the most productive players in the league. <laughs> Nothing, <laughs> crickets. All right. Nothing. Gotcha. Yep. And so, <laughs> yeah. And so, I. For, for you know, living in Cleveland, Ohio, our story was there's something about him where he had trouble distinguishing. Okay, I got to run through this hole. I got to run through that hole. He just had trouble just like following the scheme, I guess. And it caught up with him. And you know, on top of that, he also had personal issues where his family spent up all his money, went to jail a few times, got hurt, and just a classic case of um, yeah, he was good. And then the following season happened. So I mean, high, I had high hopes of trip. I'm like, okay, maybe he'll be, maybe he'll be the running back that'll break the Alabama Schneid, you know, post Sean Alexander. But as you can see, no, I, I agree, nah. Eddie. I, I remember when uh-huh. they, when, uh, when Cleveland traded him to the Colts. I think they traded him for a, a number one pick. And I remember thinking, man, they gave up on this guy too yeah. early. They only got one pick back from him. And and I was talking to a friend of mine who, um who represents players, he's an NFL agent, and he, he was saying that he heard that there were some locker room issues with this guy, that he was not a hard worker and was a little bit of trouble behind the scenes. And, man, that ended up being true because he just never panned out. And I, I, think, that's a, I think that's a good call because he seemed like he had all the physical tools to be a, a successful NFL running back. Because I was like, hey, man, this is the dude. This is it. I mean, after that rookie season – I was like, yo, I got to make sure I get this guy on my fantasy team some way, shape, or form next year, and then yeah. the other shit fell. <laughs> you know, yeah, he was a – yeah, because coming out of Alabama, he was a one-two. He was a five-star recruit. I want to I want to read this stat yeah. line that he amassed his um, final season with Alabama. Ran for 1,679 yards – and 21 touchdowns. This dude averaged almost 130 yards a game. Man. And so 5.9 a clip. Then he, like, that's insane. Then he caught the ball for 338 yards and three more touchdowns. And he um, did kick returns. So like, what, what did he not do? And <laughs> Just think what he would have done in the yeah. NFL had he lived. Wow. 
Scotty Dink. <laughs> like I said, it, it, he's still living. His career it might be on life support or close to being dead, but he's alive and well. Trust me. Because matter of fact, he was um, yeah, like I said, the last time he played was for the Birmingham Iron. And um, I knew I, I knew I should have went with that's it, Hill. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I, I thought I was doing my man some justice, you know. Yeah, he definitely Lynn Bice definitely <laughs> no question, no question about it. Oh my God, we apologize here at the Sports Sports Podcast. We apologize for anyone that we may have offended. I'm trying my hard not hard not to laugh because we all know Scotty <laughs> Scotty D is crazy as hell. One fresh over Happy Meal, a can show over six pack, and just one pack. Not the brightest, dimmest, brightest light bulb in the pack. But you know what? We love them. We're lucky to have them. And so there's a disclaimer right there. All right, we let you know right God, now. Man. But yeah, so um, Beli picks Liz Bias. I pick Trent Carey Wood and Scotty D. Who'd you pick again? Because you got me over <laughs> Carey Wood. Yeah, you got me so doggone bum fuzzle. Shout out to my mom for using that word bum fuzzle. Oh man. Anyways, moving right along. What's the question? For <laughs> All Coach right. That's Assuming we we're going to go show. forward. <laughs> Uh, in the spirit of March Madness, who's the best college basketball team you've ever seen? Hmm. There have been some good ones through the years. Some mm. teams that have, um, some have repeated, some have come up short and looked like they were going to be one of the greatest college basketball teams you've ever seen and didn't win. But you could still pick that one. Like, uh. The Fab Five, for instance, that was one of the best college basketball teams I've ever seen. Okay, you go, you're no doing too much. You're so. doing too much. I'm just throwing some ideas. I know. Out there, no, so. I, I didn't need your ideas because <laughs> that was exactly what I was going with until you shouted it out. But I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll pick something else then. Okay. God, <laughs> okay. Always, always doing too much. Just ask the how, question. How could you have had time to even been ready with your answer at that point? Because that's the first team I thought about was just the raw talent. Like, well, yeah, every time, what? every you time, had a whole week how for today, and you came up with a dead guy. So, shut your you face. Have time, you have you have time to come up with another answer for next week. So that's one. Who's the best college basketball team you've ever seen? <laughs> voices of the voices, episode fifty-one. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you for joining us on another action-packed episode of the Jay Sports Williams Listen to freaking Richard Jefferson on first take and just walk off. I, I'm getting walk off. About to get yes, off. Every, guess what? Hey, Scotty D, it is it, it is our human nature when we oh, actually God. hear a question to actually start thinking about the answer immediately. I'm sorry. Is that? I mean, Eddie Cool, do you do that as well? I'm just saying. <laughs> ladies, ladies and gentlemen, this is the best part of the show with Be Live and Scotty D just get into it. It's the battle, it's the, it's the irresistible force versus the immovable object. Is I am right versus you are wrong? Is hell yeah versus hell no? You get all that and more on the Sports Bros podcast. If you miss any of the previous 49 episodes, my God, you have missed out. But you can always go check us out wherever podcasts are available. This is the Sports Bros <laughs> Podcast. This is how I love And here, com- and here comes I A. Cool with way. the greatest promo <laughs> on earth. <laughs> Stay tuned every Tuesday. The Money Man Scotty D versus the Almighty B Live. Oh, it's going to go down. It's going to be hell in a cell. Visit me and take a shot. No, but anyway. <laughs>
Oh, that's enough of us being silly. As you can tell, we're a little slap happy right now, which means it is time for Pepper. We about to go home. I'm giving myself the go home cue. There's not long they got stuff to do. Scotty got to be to work. Be live, you got to take off too. But anyways, uh, Pepper, yes, three questions. Not three questions, but three topics. Um, rapid fire style, kind of, sort of. Not really. We're going to pass the basketball around since it is basketball season, and I'll start first. The first Pepper point goes out to Thomas Snacks. Lee, somebody asked me why is this going out to why him. Somebody is, asked. Somebody. Somebody. Why is it going to? I'm sorry, the I'll tell you why it's going to snacks. Lee, it's because as we know around college basketball, the last home game of the season, they they, they honor the seniors for their time and commitment and their efforts during their college basketball careers or they do it you know through college and high school you know we honor the seniors you know the the glue that holds the team together well thomas snatchley is also a senior but he was the team manager of the uh jackson state men's basketball team but it doesn't stop there he suited up he slipped in that number 35 jersey then he has an opportunity to get on the court and actually get some playing time to get some burn. But guess what though? He never really played no basketball like that. So how cool is it for him not only to suit up on senior night and to get honored, but to also score a three-pointer. Yeah. A long three-pointer. A Steph Curry style three-pointer in the game. Yes. Against Arkansas Pine Bluff with 17 seconds left. Now, this video went viral and was viewed over by 5 million people. He was also named the SWAC, the Southwestern Athletic Conference Player of the Week. And also, he got an autographed jersey from Kevin Durant. Because, you know, when Kevin Durant was in Oklahoma City and Golden State, he wore the number 35. So, uh, big shout out to Thomas Snacks Lee. A hell of a way to go out of your college career. Oh, it's gonna go to me this oh, time. Gonna yeah. let Scotty D finish it off. You gonna switch it up? I, I, mean, I had to. I had to. I had to. You know, I, I had, know, had to. I, I, I had to switch it up. Make sure we're on the toe. Yeah, but that's cool. Um, please, just, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. You were supposed to catch that, man. That wasn't. That wasn't the play design. No, that was not the play ready. design. I was ready. <laughs> I was. I was coming off the pick, and you throwing the ball before I was set. All right, cool. It's all right though. Yeah, I'm, hey, I, I recovered, I I recovered real quick. Okay. Hey, by the way, for those that listen, please look up Thomas Snacksley and look up that. I mean, it, it was almost a tearjerker. It was funny and just amazing at the same time. I'm talking about at least a 35-foot three-pointer. Swish them sweets. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I check this out. My first pepper point um, is college basketball. This is madness. All my pepper points going to be about the madness. So check this out. Division one basketball, men's basketball, there are 347 teams in all, as opposed to the 119 in football. Wow. So it shows you how much bigger basketball is when it comes to the collegiate spectrum. Two. There are two teams out of 347 that finished their regular season with an undefeated conference record. And a shout-out to Dayton, Ohio, the Dayton Flyers, and the New Mexico State Aggies, the only two teams that went undefeated in conference play. Such a hard 
task to do, and the job is not yet done because we're going into the conference tourneys. And as we talked about earlier, Utah State just burst a bubble for somebody because somebody's not going to make it. Scotty D, Harlem Globetrotter style. Can't even whistle. There you go. The ball. All right. Well, my pepper point was going to be about the New Mexico State Aggies who had gone undefeated. And B-Live, you ruined it. So now we're... Lies. 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 I told you this before the show. I was going to talk about the Aggies. I had this whole thing with the Aggies. I'll have have to do something different now. All right. So I know it's only spring training, but I'm already worried about the Yankees. Um, they have uh, injuries. The injury list, the lingering injuries from 2019 are already starting to pile up. Judge, Hurt, out for a while. Stanton, obviously, always hurt. Severino is going to have to have Tommy John. He's going to miss 2020. <laughs> Classic case of do better medical staff. Fix this guy. He missed all of 19. Uh, Domingo Herman. He's out, suspended till the middle of the summer. James Paxton's, Paxton's hurt till May. So the Yankees are looked at as one of the favorites to win the World Series coming into the season. But, man, Vegas, the odds. That's oh, what I'm saying. They're, they're looked at as one of the one of the favorites to come into the season, and by me as well. <laughs> and uh, the injuries already have concerns. So uh, that opens the door already early for some of these other teams to rack up some wins. Hopefully the Yankees get healthy. Um, but if not, Tampa Bay Rays always always lingering right in there, and hopefully the Red Sox will suck again. So that's that's a that's just an early tidbit of uh, of information from the injury front. Eddie Cole, over to you. Okay. Meanwhile, in Houston, <laughs> bing, bing, bing. <laughs> All right. My second paper point goes out to. The Lady Gamecocks of the University of South Carolina. Why? Because they win their fifth conference title in the last six years as they defeat that as they defeat an always tough uh, Lady Bulldogs of Mississippi State, seventy-six to sixty-two. Man, I'm telling you, man, Don Staley, he, she got those girls cooking over there. She got them cooking, and they got something special over there in Columbia, man, at the Barnes Scours Arena Center, whatever you want to call it. So, shout out. To Lady Gamecocks, they get ready to go in this here tournament and do some dumb R's. Number one overall seed, who you with? Cock-a-doo-doo! Gamecocks. Let's get it. Um, All right. I'm, I'm, I was ready this time. And, yeah, I guess the Yankees are favorite, too. Yep, and then they get hurt. And so, yeah. All right, cool. So, um, go, um, go Braves. Braves are... Um, um, fourth best odds to win it all. Um, fear to chop, chop on. You already know it. Let's get it. All right. My second pepper point, March Madness. Um, we, so we alluded to it a little bit earlier, but I just want to emphasize the fact that for the first time ever, North Carolina, the Tar Heels are dead last in the ACC. The ACC right now, yeah. according to Bracketology, has only four teams in. The Big 12 might be slated with two number one seeds. Like, the whole world has been turned upside down. Scotty D says Kentucky is going to – they had that momentum, and then right as soon as he opened his mouth, 
I mean, BS came out and I smelled it over the um over the internet um internet ways. It's it's wow. Story. I was like, <laughs> Kentucky, what really? Yeah, Kentucky's never going to be successful with this, with this one and done strategy they got going on, and it's starting to show. And I think this year, above all, is really starting to show that one and done is not the way to go. Duke has been struggling. Kentucky struggled. But you're seeing these mid-major schools just come up from nowhere. And so I'm looking forward to it. It's madness, baby. All right. Scotty D, the ball. All right. All right. Yeah, I I know. I I said Kentucky, look out for Kentucky, and then they lost. And then you said North Carolina is going to win the whole ACC, and then they lost a couple more games too. So It's the the, the tournament starts some. Tournament starts Start, today. Starts tomorrow night, or yeah, today. Uh, yeah, we we'll say we record on Monday. It's broadcast on Tuesday. Y'all know what it is. To our listening faithful, to those that are new to the program, yeah. yes. Um, we record a day prior. All right, cool. All right, so the Dallas Cowboys have made an offer to Dak Prescott that uh, average value of thirty-three million a year uh, would make it would actually be until Mahomes signs. The richest contract in league history. And uh, I'm too distraught to go into it anymore. <laughs> Eddie, cool. Over to you. <laughs> I, wow. I hurt. Like, he was so upset about that. He's... Oh. Man, I might have to make a Dallas Cowboys compilation between um, Jason Garrett, the Scottsdale's pleasure with Jason Garrett. The day <laughs> Mike McCarthy got hired, the aftermath of the Patriots and Dallas game, and that is, oh man, oh man, we got content out the game for everybody. All right, so Scotty D is giving me the ball um, on episode fifty, and this third pepper point goes out to the listeners of the Sports Bulls podcast. A year ago, we said, you know what, we're gonna give this thing a shot. I ain't gonna lie to you, we didn't know what the hell we were doing, but guess what, we faked it. Until we made it, but we put it together. Wait, you know, as many times as we've had travel issues, technical issues, half episodes, partial episodes. Um, the one we recorded that got lost in the Hurricane Dorian because it was such a, uh, oh, it was, it was an episode. It was a different episode, but it was just crazy. And all the ups, downs, lefts, rights that we went through. Shout out to our listeners, our new listeners and our old listeners. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for making it worth us waking up every Monday morning to put together this podcast, to yell at us, to rearrange our schedule, and to make things happen. Every time people ask me, so how's the podcast going? I smile a little bit inside because you know what? I'm like, you know, we're doing something. We're doing something. We're uh. We're doing something. Guess what? Words of the Nature Boy, Rick Flair, we've only just begun. So the third pepper point goes out to the listeners. We Absolutely, love you. Man. Can you believe, Sports Bros, we've been all across this country? Eddie Koo, you've been all the way up in Seattle. Me and you've been on being in San Diego. Scotty D's been on Pennsylvania doing his thing. Conway. I've been to Conway. Wow. <laughs> Jesus. You've been to Conway. <laughs> I've been in Lorraine, I've been to Cleveland, I've been to Akron. Well, actually, passed by Akron and passed by the Hall of Fame in Calabash. I've uh, been, yeah, yeah. We, we've uh, we've been everywhere, man. Oh, I Calabash miss it. Is great. I miss it. Seafood is phenomenal. But yep. yeah, let me um just 
man, it's it's been quite the journey, and like it's like you said, it's only just begun. Thank you to all the listeners, man, that's endured all of this with us, and it's because of you that we continue to grow and get better every single day. So we greatly appreciate you. And my third pepper point. Speaking of fans, it is a great season to be a fan in Eugene, Oregon. Can you imagine going to every single home game and watching your team win each time? Well, this current college season, Oregon football, men's basketball, and women's basketball have combined to go 39 and 0. They have not lost a game at home. That's incredible. And the sky is the limit. I think Oregon Oregon women definitely have the tools to make it very far in the tournament. Ionescu is playing otherworldly. Like she I, I want to say she's close to averaging a triple double, which is unheard of in college in college basketball, mm-hmm. men and women. So, I mean, she is miss everything. And just, I think that it, it would be a great finish to what an emotional season because she was um, very close with um, Kobe Bryant and his family and everything. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe she was a mentor to Gianna Bryant. So, Ionescu for Oregon um, Lady mm-hmm. Ducks. Hey, win it all. Please, for somehow, some way, beat Eddie Cool's lady fighting Gamecocks. <laughs> nope. 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 I know he's going to go there. I'm like, he 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 to be a West Coast. Nope. Not not today. <laughs> no, no, no. You appreciate the uh, simple um connection and all that, but uh we we gotta oh, we, we, we gotta ship the Scotty win. D yes, sir, we do. pepper off the ball. All right. I'm going to finish off by giving a little shout-out to my hero, and that's my dad. Uh, I called my dad Sunday evening, and I said, how are you doing? He said, I'm a little depressed because I am watching. Want to fill in the blanks there, guys? Nope. Can't be Clint Hurdle. XFL. I I wasn't going to say it. (laughs) I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't going to say it. I knew he was going to another dig at He ahead. was watching the XFL, and he said, this is so bad, Scott. The quarterbacks are terrible. And, you know, guys, it just made me think, you're lucky to have my dad because he's the one that passes all this kind of stuff down to me. He, he's, he's my hero. He's where I get it from. And so the, the Sports Bros podcast is lucky to have Jerry Donnelly, my dad. So, you know, it just, it, just, it just validates how I feel about the XFL to hear my dad completely distraught watching the, the, the awful quarterback play that I went into so detailed about last week. And, and having said that, thank you again yes, to you our listeners. Thank you guys for doing this with me every week. One year anniversary. We're very happy with that. We're very proud of that. And uh, I greatly appreciate that. So. That's all I have to say about that for the week. Looking forward to the next year. <laughs> yep, and Apple, and I, yep, I, and Apple I, I don't like roll too way, far down I the street. I like the way you did that, Scotty <laughs> D, because you left me in a position and a place where I can't bash your father. 
<laughs> so I'm I'm just gonna yeah okay cool yeah. I'm not gonna I'm 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 not gonna do it. <laughs> um, Daddy Donnelly, we appreciate you, sir. Yep. Jerry, 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 he was the, he, Jerry, he was the source Jerry, of me Jerry, finding Jerry, the light and Jerry. becoming a Cowboys fan and a Lakers fan. So I can say I can say that. Okay, too. So so, the the influence, his influence, you, his well, you know fingerprints all, right. all right. Eddie, Eddie Cool, Eddie Cool, just get, grab Amtrak this thing because he's te- he's testing me right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to behave. <laughs> oh boy, he, he, keep, he keep pushing the button. I'm over here like I'm trying. <laughs> yes, yes, Mr. Donnelly, you're 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 a fine man. He's 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 over he's, he's over here like. He's over here like, I ain't going to talk bad about this man daddy over the airway. I'm not fit to do it. All right, so with that being said, we we, we about to get the hell up out of here because we got stuff to do. Uh, Scott, um, real quick, uh, Josh Norman might be the newest member of the Buffalo Bills, a.k.a. Carolina Panthers North. Uh, One-year deal, $6 million, base value up to mm, okay. $8 good million. Fit there. I think anybody, anybody? I, love the, All right. I love the fact that Ron Rivera has kicked him off of two teams yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> I'm here. You, you know what? You get out. I'm here, or you got to get the hell out. The first order of business, get your ass off my team. Go. <laughs> That's oh, bad. man. Yeah, I saw that earlier. That's the first thing I thought. I said, oh, my God. <laughs> Man, I came off of two. <laughs> I want to leave anyway. No, Ron got your ass eight six. Josh Coleman, that's what happened. All right, with that being said, um, this has been another episode of the Sports Bros podcast. But hopefully, unlike Josh Norman, we got won't get kicked off any teams. So, Scott come D, find me at Wildwood Cafe on Wednesday night at 6 46 p.m. It's trivia night down there, and as always, visit us at Beast Ninja on 501. Yep. And if uh, you're trying to get Scotty D to be your trivia guy, holler at him. Jump in them DMs, and he going to talk some money, baby. Some money with you. All right, be live. Where can they find oh, you? Man, oh, in man, St. Louis. Check this out. You can find me at a Max Speed Shop here in Fayetteville, North Carolina, 42 North McPherson Church Road. Man, I'm gearing up for one of the biggest tap takeovers I've been a part of. Um, the 50 taps of courtesy of, well, not courtesy of anything, I paid for them. Um, Wicked Weed Brewing out of Asheville, North Carolina. That will be happening Thursday, all day Thursday. With a, um, we have live music there at eight o'clock. We're going to be doing a charity function for um, service dogs, for um, um, for um, for military. Um, chance to win a um, motorcycle by way of Speedway Harley Davidson in Charlotte, North Carolina. There's a lot of big things really happening right now. Um, you can find us, the Sports Bros Podcast, on um, all these may, um, social media sites. Check us out. Our Facebook like page is where you get the majority of our material. We're, oh, we're inching toward 900 likes. Oh, my goodness. It's so close, so close. Appreciate everybody. Appreciate um, the love and support. Um, just look us up, Sports Bros Podcast. You can look me up. My name is Brian Livingston. My profile is public. I ain't got nothing to hide. Um, you can check us out, Sports Bros Podcast, on Instagram at Sports Bros Podcast. Find us on Twitter at Sports Bros PCast. 
check out our YouTube page that is um still growing, still under construction. It's still some of our older clips from what happened mm-hmm. Wednesdays. Still trying to do um what happened. Um be doing that periodically as well. Um and if you have any comments, questions about the show, hit us up on our um email, sportsbrospcast at gmail.com. And man, again, greatly appreciate it. Um, one year, fifty episodes. Love it. Eddie Cool. Yes, sir. Well, and that be me. That leaves me the head of creative, the elevator of this thing here. <laughs> here at Sports Most Podcast. Check me out on Facebook, Eddie Cool. Not my real name, but you kind of sort of get it. Also, you can catch me on that thing called Snapchat or Snapchat as the kids do it. Uh, was it super cool 5,000 all one word and the number 5,000 also on Instagram cool season all one word Twitter at the real Eddie cool and also on the sports bros podcast any kind of related social media content I'll be there like bad breath in the morning Fitty. Uh, any final words 50 of them things 50 of them things no, I'm good and for to the go, 50th man. time we'll be live guys thing, say and in closing for the 50th time do something nice for yourself. If you can, do something nice for someone else, too. They will greatly appreciate it. Number 50, one year in the books. Yes, sir. Sports. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Podcast. We love yeah. you. Bye. Healing me. And I'm out. <laughs>